Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill. Joined this week by Jordan. Uh, Jess will be joining us again on the next podcast. He has a little bit of conflict with um, work and school. So uh, we'll see you next time. We'll, we'll try to avoid the puns this week and make up for him double time next week with you, Jess. All right. So let's start first with um, the games from last week. So, uh, you know, I don't think there was any huge upsets. I guess you could consider Missouri over Tennessee an upset. Uh, I think we all picked them here on the um, on the podcast, so I don't think it's going to, yeah, anything crazy there. Um, but, um, you know, going through it here, Alabama blew out Kentucky from the start, 49 to 21. Uh, Michigan dominated Penn State 24 to 15, and it wasn't as close as that score indicated there. Um, and we, we could talk about the, the Michigan reaction to their win um, with the coaches afterwards. We'll save that. Um, James Madison uh, continues their undefeated streak of a 44-6 win over Connecticut. Man, Connecticut is just falling off since last year. Um, Missouri, as we mentioned, outclassed Tennessee 36-7. to Washington held on to beat Utah. Almost picked that upset. Very close, guys. 35 to 28, that score. Uh, Florida State held on to beat Miami 27 to 20. Miami always gets up for those Florida schools. If they can just do it every week, um, I think they'd be a lot, have a lot better record for sure. Georgia dominated Ole Miss 52 to 17. Kind of feel bad, Ole Miss. They had two losses, two really bad losses. They both Alabama and, and Georgia. So uh, Texas won a thriller 29 to 26 over TCU. Uh, TCU should have went for the tie there, but went for the win. And then Ohio State won an easy one, 38-3, over Michigan State. So, again, not a lot of craziness happened last week. Anything stand out to you? Anything you want to cover, Jordan, from last week? Um, uh, Not really. I just feel like, you know, Georgia still looks like that dominant team. And and we'll talk about it here in a little bit about them being number one now um, in the college football playoffs. They still look like the dominant team. Um, Their run game looked good this week. I'm a little bit of, you know, not surprised Washington holding on against Utah. I think we knew that it was going to be a close game just because Utah's defense, but we knew that Washington had a better offense and could put up the numbers. Um, the biggest surprise, honestly, probably for me, is that uh, the two uh, two games is the Florida State barely, you know, beating Miami 27 to 20. Um, and we're just coming off, I think it's like three weeks, two weeks since Miami ran the ball and they fumbled. Um, and then Texas should have, I mean, having a close 26, 29, 26 game over TCU that, um, is surprising. I think <clears throat> kind of is like, is, should Texas be ranked again above Alabama? Yeah, they beat them, but I just feel like TCU is having a really down year, um, right from the start against Colorado. Um, and Texas should have beat TCU easily. Um, but other than that, not really anything surprising. Um, just how close the games were was the surprising part, but the games were the games. And, I mean, we knew not we, every game that you could see. The only one that, honestly, we didn't talk about is UCF destroying oh, Oklahoma State 45-3. Um, and Man. UCF. If they could just get apart here and there, to they could be a lot better than they are at the moment. Being five and five, they probably could have beat Oklahoma. They should have beat Oklahoma, um, and, and things like that. So, other than that, no. This this past week was kind of slow. Games weren't as 
crazy and as unpredictable as it has been this past, you know, this this whole season. So yeah, you know, with the Penn State game, I, I don't think I was surprised. We um, Drew Aller continues to struggle offensively. Again, they they score a late touchdown to make the score look a little better, but for the majority of this game, they just you didn't feel like they could ever even move the ball against Michigan. <clears throat> That's the story of Penn State. I mean, honestly. It's it's you know James Franklin needs that quarterback every year. They he the games are always pretty close against Michigan and Ohio State, except like the some outliers here and there. But if he had that quarterback, these games you know he could pull out a Michigan and Ohio State win. Do you think it's the quarterback, or you think it's him? Like the way he develops or works with the quarterback, like does it stunt their growth? Because I'm thinking like Drew Aller, everybody considered him a top three player in the country, five star, you know, he's had other players that weren't as, yeah, but I mean, not every five star hits either. So you got to think of that, but I just wonder if it's the way he, I'm thinking him like until this year, Brian Kelly really struggled with um, quarterbacks like Notre Dame um, getting the right one to run his system. He wanted to, the transfer portal might be where, I think you know, James Franklin needs to go and get someone that's already kind of developed, you know, that's, that's where he's not at. You know, I feel like, like recently, especially, you know, he has not gotten the transfer quarterback and he has these recruited players, you know, Drew Aller was a recruited player, you know, last year was his first year um, <clears throat> and everything. So I think you're right. Going to the transfer portal and getting someone and it goes, you know, you, like you said, Brian Kelly quarterback wise, he has a transfer quarterback uh, that he has on his team. You know, you don't have to develop that player. They've been developed. They have the skills. They've showed why they should be playing at that school now. So I feel like they need to go out and get someone. Grad transfer, anything, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, moving on to um, coaching and player updates. Um, So we had a lot happen this week. First, Mississippi State fired uh, first-year head coach Zach Arnett. Obviously, he took over after um, Mike Leach's unfortunate passing last year. You know, it did a really good job at the end of last year, winning the bowl game, really motivating the team and, and the fan base. Um, and, you know, he never places. He's been a really good defensive coordinator. Um, I just they, – they only gave him the one year. I feel like he probably doesn't have the horses to, to come in and do everything he needs to do in one year. I, I just don't feel like that's fair to him. So, But I've already seen a lot of other teams mentioning him as a potential defensive coordinator or – even off, uh, you know, higher down the road. So he'll definitely land his feet there. Um, Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher. Finally, after all these years, $76 million later, they have a buyout. Uh, you know, it's a shame um, that he can never develop all that talent he recruited, and it, it cost him. I mean, he did it at Florida State. He did it at Texas A&M. But just these last, what, 10, 12 years, well, ever since he won the, the national title with Florida State, you know, maybe it was all Jameis Whitson, but he's just – he's bringing the talent and he's just misusing them, it seems, not developing them. So no surprise there. We've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast. We mentioned Penn State. They did fire offensive coordinator Mike Urich, so they're blaming him for the offensive issues. Um, I, I, I mean, you got to have a scapegoat. We'll see if anything changes next year if they quit bring in his offensive coordinator. Uh, we also mentioned Texas struggling. They did lose their starting running back, Jonathan Brooks, for the rest of the season. Um, so that's going to be a little bit of a, um, you know, wonder what it's going to, ha- what is it going to do to the offense? Cause is that going to make them more one dimensional with the passing game, less ability to run? 
I, you know, interested to see what happens going forward. Again, just announced um, today, which is Wednesday, uh, Iowa lost their starting corner, Cooper DeGene, who um, was one of the be- best corners in the country. Um, he's out for the season. It seems like he hurt, has a um, leg injury. So those are um, the bigger updates um, from this week. Any um, Anything stand out to you, Jordan? Um, the Jimbo Fisher firing. Um, <laughs> they won, what is it, like 51 to 14 against Mississippi State. Um, and then, then he got fired that Sunday morning and then Mississippi state fired their head coach that next Monday. <laughs> but honestly, if you just look at Mississippi state, I think it was kind of a rush hire in a sense. Um, Will Rogers, you know, coming off a 2021 where he had 4,739 passing yards and then 2022 where he had. 3,974 rushing passing yards and then just going down. I just feel like that they started to utilize him wrong and Zach Arnett's offense was not for him when I get, but you have one of the best quarterbacks in college football in the SEC can put up the numbers. It just, I feel like they used him wrong and that's the uh, reason. I wonder that- if they were just worked with him, got a better offensive coordinator because help him out more of a first time coach. I don't know. But I think it was that, you know, it's a, you know, they kind of, I, like I said, I think it was a fast hire. I think it was what they, yeah. you know, had to, do. Yeah. had to get someone because of all the stuff going on the last two years with coaches leaving and this and that. And, you know, it was just, it's just too hectic not to get someone. Yep. But other than that, so, I, I don't, Penn State that has more problems than just the offense coordinator. Yes, they do. They need to fire a bunch of things. That might be, um, you know, might be James Franklin for too long here if he can't get over the hump here at his 10 and 2 uh, record. All right. Uh, so those are the bigger news last week. So let's talk about the, you know, the top 25 play, the playoff rankings for this week. Um, start off the top 10. You have Jordan now at number one, Ohio State dropped down to number two, Michigan three, Florida State four, Washington five, Oregon six, Alabama seven. I mean, Texas 7, Alabama 8, Missouri 9, and Louisville 10. So I think the only thing that really changed here is that um, Ohio State dropped, Georgia moved up, and then Louisville is now in the top 10. Um, So um, any surprises there? Um, Are you surprised Georgia's number one? Are you surprised anything else here in the top 10? No, I'm not surprised Georgia's number one. I think they've really shown that they are uh, gotten better, um, even the last two games. Uh, Missouri did jump five spots last week, um, so they're nine. So now, okay. so they jumped in the top five. <clears throat> but I'm not surprised in a lot of these things. Um, uh, the honestly, for me, the top six or not top six, six, seven, eight could honestly you can make an argument for any of them to be six, seven, or eight. Um, the top five, I think, is perfect. I, I don't think. Washington or Florida State is better than one another. Yeah. They're, they kind of give me the same. They kind of give me the same. They're the same team. They they can put up points, but their defense kind of lets them down a lot of times. Um, but yeah. other than that, I think Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, you know, Michigan for sure, number two. Um, Georgia, yeah, just the way they dominated a high-scoring offense to only let them have 14 points um, or 17 points is 
crazy and put up 52 and run all over them. I think Georgia is the dominant team right now. So, but no, yeah, the top 10 is perfect, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think you're really, to your point, a lot, there's a lot of interchangeable teams here. I think the, obviously the top three are, are pretty set. I don't think you should change any of those. Uh, I think Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama really are, are left to me, even though they have some losses in there, I, they are pretty interchangeable to me because they are they all have very similar, like, they have strengths, they have weaknesses, none of them are complete. Um, so, yeah, there's. Uh, I think the top 10 itself is strong. I, I like seeing some new blood like Missouri and Louisville in here. Um, but they kind of round that out there. Uh, I like seeing Oregon State up to number 11. You know, I don't know if Penn State should be as high as number 12. They haven't really beat anybody. Um, but then I don't know if Ole Miss has beaten anybody or Oklahoma has beaten anybody. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, I'm surprised LSU is still high as it is with 7-3 at number 15. But um, it is what it is at that point. Um, Iowa's all the way up to number 16, 8-2 now. That's um, pretty interesting there. Uh, and then, you know, as far as the rest of the top 25, nothing else really surprises me. Arizona, Tennessee, Notre Dame, 17, 19. You could pretty much interchange those. North Carolina kind of crawling their way back up at number 20. I just don't trust them at all. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even have them in here to my head. So um, Kansas State, Kansas in the top 25 are uh, pretty decent there. And then Tulane still hanging in there at number 24. I wish um, James Madison could be in here. Um, obviously, they, they have a waiver. So hopefully, maybe next week. They could start beating here if the waiver goes through. So we'll we'll see. If so, I, I mean, I would put them pretty. Um, they got to be high in the list here to hopefully get a um, New Year's Six Bowl. Fifteen. Put them at fifteen. Put them in there. Fifteen. Fifteen. They're there. undefeated. That's right. Hey man, no team bounces that. Hey, no team that jumps up dominates like they have. So I mean, yep. hey, in all sports, soccer, basketball, they beat Michigan State, number four in the country for basketball. They beat UCF, number one in men's soccer. So, JMA, they're going to be the new dominant sports programs. program. There you go. You heard it here first. Um, now you gave them the kiss of death, they'll probably lose the rest of their yeah, games. They're going to win every game, and they're going to be cooking. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let's go on to the um, next um, – Next week preview, um, Utah and Arizona up first. So both teams coming in seven and three. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, I think both have had their highs and lows this year. Arizona has played a lot better than we. I think we all expected. They put up some really good fights against Oregon and Washington. They beat some teams that they, you know, they're supposed to beat. Utah has just been, you know, trying to stay healthy as much as they can. I think they're missing like what seven or eight starters including the quarterback, tight end, running back. So, I mean, you lose all that and you're still 7-3, kind of hanging around and still playing well against some of these teams. you got to admire that. This is going to be an interesting matchup. It's at Arizona. Um, you know, so it's both teams. I would say both very similar. I would say um, both are playing pretty good defense. Arizona's playing a little better offensively. Um, Utah is very hit or miss offensively. It really depends against the the defense are playing. So, uh, with all that being said, Jordan, who do you have winning this one? Oh, this is this is probably the toughest game to pick of you know of the year. Honestly, I mean, they're so similar in a lot of aspects and so different in a lot of aspects. But I, I'm going to think Arizona is going to pull this one out. Um, they're at home. Utah. I, 
I still can't get a read on them. Sometimes their defense is really good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, their offense can be amazing. Their offense can be bad. It, it, their their team's too wishy washy, and I think it's with all the injuries and not really having a you know that quarterback to really hold it down for them. So I want to get I want to pick Arizona. Um, it's at home for Arizona. I think fans are going to be in this game. They've been in the game. I feel like how good they're playing. It's kind of crazy to see. Arizona actually being in the top 25 um, at all, being seven and three. But, um, and they can, you know, put up numbers when they have to stay, stick with teams. They stuck with USC until overtime, over, into overtime. So I have Arizona winning this one, probably super close. I, I definitely think it's going to be by a touchdown. I, I just don't, I think both the teams are good in aspects, but both the teams can be bad in a lot of aspects as well but yeah Arizona is going to pull it away I think they just have a little better of quarterback and offense than Utah all right uh, I'm probably gonna, I, I agree this is a close one. I'm probably gonna go Utah on this one just because I, I like what I've seen from Bryson Barnes over the last couple of weeks honestly I think ever since they announced that Camarazzi was not going to be coming back I, I wonder if he um, kind of just took that pressure off himself and just realized that nobody's coming to take your job. You need to go out here and, and earn this start starting job. And he's just kind of taking it over and he's been playing pretty well. They put up a good fight against Washington last week. Um, I, I just think they, they, their defense is better than Arizona's, a little better than Arizona's and if their offense can score just enough. I think it'll be a close kind of grind me out Utah type of victory, but that's what, that's where I'm going with that one. Oh, yeah. um, Definitely a good choice. I feel like, like this game's a toss up. I mean, yeah. flip a coin. Honestly, it could be who wins the first coin toss. Yeah, no, or who makes who makes the first mistake? Yeah, you know, it could be all it takes. Yeah, definitely. You can get a quick early lead. They can just sit on you on defense and take chances and then it just makes it harder for you so really it happened so obviously tennessee i i it was i think i'm a little delayed here on my video one second okay all right next up let's talk about georgia at tennessee um obviously you know tennessee hasn't been as good as we many people thought they were they came back down to earth they are um, kind of looking at a seven-three record in the face. They're they're very look. They're, I think they're looking at eighty-four type of season here, which I, I think if you ask many of their fans, they were hoping for another opportunity to try to get to the playoffs. Georgia continues to get better and better each week um, and grind people down, and the offense has come to life. Kind of since Brock Bowers went down, um, you know, interesting that that timing of that happened. So this one is at Tennessee, though. So if you have to think about the challenge. You know, it is tough to play at Tennessee. And Tennessee probably, I, I believe, plays better at Tennessee. Will Joe Milton have a little more comfortability there? But what do you think is going to happen to some Jordan? Um, I definitely think Georgia by a billion. <laughs> All right. No, thank I, you for I that, think, Greg <laughs> Yes, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> no, I think Georgia has just – yeah, it's at home for Tennessee. I just don't think Tennessee has the offensive – and defensive star power, you know, any like a lot of things. Like we saw last year, Tennessee didn't have defense really at all. Again, they don't have defense. Uh, Georgia has a better quarterback. 
one of the best defenses in college football. And last week, if that wasn't a testament in how good Georgia's defense was, holding one of the best scoring teams in college football to 17 points and, and scoring 52 on them, it's it's it'd be different if the game was a little closer. But no, Georgia's yeah. offense. You know, you know, I know you talked about their running game in the beginning of the season being kind of like, you know, if they don't have that, it's going to be tough. But they've really found that, you know, especially in the last few games. Yep. They rushed, you know, for a, a lot of yards last week. Their Tennessee, I don't think, can stop them. I just think Georgia is going to be able to control this game from start to finish. And I think it's going to be another uh, 40 plus game for Georgia. I don't think Tennessee is even going to score more than 14 points this game. I, I just think Georgia is going to be the more dominant team um, right off the rip. And I, I think it's more of the fact that they're getting comfortable without Brock Bowers. They're spreading the ball out. They're, their plays aren't just all throw the ball to Brock Bowers. They, you know, sprinkling runs short, you know, different passes to different players. And their defense has really stepped up. And especially last week, you know, we talked about they start slow. Last week they were started fast, put up 14 points in the first quarter, and just put kept their foot on the gas the whole way through. And they've really, you know, they're coming down to the home stretch. We got two more weeks until Georgia sees Alabama, but I think they're going to dominate all the way through the end until the SEC championship against Alabama. I just don't think, think Joe Milton has really shown what we, you know, everybody expected him to show and how Tennessee was expected to be. And I just don't think he's going to be able to put up the numbers against a Georgia defense that's rolling right now. Yep. No, I agree. I think Georgia by a lot. I, I don't. I don't see how this one's close. I mean, Tennessee could, could could surprise, but when Tennessee had it really going last year and they played Georgia, um, that game. I mean, Georgia just dominated them on the line of scrimmage, and I, I don't see anything changing yet from what I've seen in Tennessee this year. Um, all right, moving on to Washington at Oregon State. So, um, Oregon State will be hosting Washington, so this will be at in Oregon State. Um, Oregon State's coming to eight and two. Washington's coming at ten and zero. Washington's been kind of playing, um, you know, but a scared chief here the last few weeks where they, they've won just about every game with the last five weeks by like the last possession or they pull away in the fourth quarter, um, you know, some along those lines. And I personally think their luck is going to run out. And I think it's going to, I thought it was going to run out last week. They, they were able to get enough by Utah by seven. I do think it runs out this week at Oregon State. With that defense Oregon State has, with enough of the offense Oregon State has, I think Oregon State pulls this victory out. Um, what do you say, Jordan? No, I, I'm with you on that. I think if it was at Washington, if it was somewhere else, um, you know, I'm gonna give the the upper, you know, you know, hand to Washington. But I just think being at Oregon State, um, playing an Oregon State team that, you know, is a question mark in a lot of aspects. And not, you know, Washington had, doesn't have a defense. That's the thing. You know, the last, since, you know, not last, yeah, the last five games, they beat Oregon 36 to 33, Arizona State 15 to 7, Stanford 42 to 33, USC 52 to 42, Utah 35 to 28. You know, if you just look at those games, 
it's you know crazy to see you know why what how is washington winning these games um <clears throat> you know they put but oregon state can put up numbers too they just beat stanford 62 to 17 they can put up a lot of points their run game looks really dominant and that's what washington doesn't have their game runs through michael Penix for washington and I think Oregon State's going to have a good defense and a good offense to hold them down. And there's a lot of like glaring problems that have shown up since the Oregon game that clearly haven't gone away since the Oregon game. We saw it against Arizona State where, honestly, they could have lost that game. That's the easiest game they could have lost, 15-7. to seven against the Arizona State team that you just came off a big win that was Michael Penix Jr.'s probably Heisman moment to how do you almost lose to Arizona State. So I I think at Washington, it's going to be a tough game, tough environment for any team. And I have Arizona or Oregon State winning this one, I think, just on the fact that they can run the ball consistently and their defense has consistently shown that they are one of the top defenses in the college football, let alone the Pac-12 or Pac-12, let alone college football. Um, But Oregon state, I think it's going to be close. I just think Washington has that offense that can put up numbers, but I I think it's going to be seven or 10 points, Oregon state. Um, And they're, I think they're going to cruise. I think it's going to be an Oregon state game the whole way through. I think it's just going to be close. Yep, no, I agree. Um, I, I, Mister, this is a intriguing matchup just because of the uh, you know Washington's offense against his defense, and I, I honestly am not impressed with Washington's defense these last few weeks. A lot of teams are score are just scoring a lot easier than I expected them to this year, and and so I, I think that's going to be a challenge for them. I think it's going to be a challenge for them if they were to somehow run the table, get to the playoff, they're going to be in a lot of trouble in the playoffs. Uh, they're just not going to be able to stop anybody. Um, but, yeah, I think that stops here. So uh, we'll see. Uh, next up, Kansas at Kansas State. Uh, battle the Kansas is. Um, so both teams coming in 7-3. and three. This game will take place in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, so I think Kansas State is opening as a three-point favorite. Um, kind of back and forth. Both teams have played well at times. Both teams have struggled at times. Um, I think it really comes down to the quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks have been hurt. Both have had backups come in. Uh, both, you know, maybe playing some younger guys. So very similar programs at the point at this point. Um, I think Kansas State obviously is a little more talented. Kansas it can get a little more streaky and hot. Um, so it's going to be interesting um, who wins this game. Nice little rivalry game here at um, Week Twelve. What, what do you think is going to happen here, Jordan? Um, honestly, I Kansas. If they had their starting quarterback. I think Kansas could be eight and two, nine and one, easily. But they don't. And I don't think they have him this week. They don't. Is he not back yet? I don't. I didn't see anything. So if he's not back, I'm going with Kansas State. I think they have more star power. Uh, Will Howard, right? Yeah, Will Howard is a better quarterback than Kansas's backup. I, I think. Kansas State honestly has something to prove a lot more than any other team right now in the Big 12. They really fell off a little bit 
early on in the season, you know, and they should have beat Texas in overtime, but they dominated. Besides those games, I mean, besides the Texas game, they played Houston, who where they won 41 to 0, TCU 41 to 3, um, Baylor 59 to 25. Kansas State has really turned it around, puts up points, has an excellent defense. And I don't think Kansas's backups, backup quarterbacks can be able to compete and hold his own this week. Um, it'd be a different story if their starter played, but honestly, would it be? It's been a while since he's played a start of the game. He's been hurt. Coming, you know, it could be a Riley Leonard situation, like, you know, and, and he get hurt, comes back, and then doesn't play well. Um, but I got Kansas State. Uh, honestly, I could see 10 to 14 points um, the whole whole way through. Yeah, I don't think Jalen Daniels is going to play for what I'm reading, but I also don't know if Jason Bean, the backup, is going to play. Um, I didn't realize because I didn't watch the Kansas game last week, but he he left. The, Jason Bean left the game due to injury in the first half last week, and he was replaced by um, Cole Ballard. But from everything Lance Leipold said, it seems like Jason Beam is progressing well and should be able to start. Um, so I, I haven't heard anything about Jalen Daniels. I think they might just sit him the rest of the year. And it's so close to the end of the season already. I like your point. Probably Leonard, I, I think you're just going to hurt the team, hurt him, and hurt the player. So might as well just road Jason Bean at this point, you know? Yeah. And, I, and there's, I don't think there's a way for Kansas to get – there's a small chance for them to get up to the – College football, or not college, the Big Twelve championship game, but it's a it's a big, big asking. There's a lot of parts that need to happen. So, um, all right, final game. It, it was uh, it was slim pickings here for ranked on ranked opponents. So we went to North Carolina Clemson for uh, game five here. So uh, obviously um, Clemson started to fall apart a bit, and they got their mojo back a bit. It gets another name. Uh, I believe they played Georgia Tech last week, and they they. They took care of business pretty easily against them. And so this game was at Clemson. North Carolina blew a couple games they should have blown. We thought they were just going to fall apart. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they're trying to get it back together here. Uh, interesting matchup. <laughs> yeah, this could this could either um, really excel Clemson back into feeling good about themselves next year, or it could um, it can really throw North Carolina down a gutter that they might end up having to fire Mac Brown because of this season. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here, Jordan? I think Clemson's going to pull this one out. I just think their defense is really going to carry them, and their offense is kind of clicked a little bit. I mean, after Notre Dame, they beat Georgia Tech, where Georgia Tech beat North Carolina. So, in, you know, in, in rules right there, that means Clemson wins. So – Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, but then also North Carolina beat Miami and Clemson lost to Miami. So, it, oh, it you evens, never know. It's going to be a tie. It's going to be a tie ball. Yeah. But uh, give me, I want to have, I, I think Clemson's going to win this game. Um, it's at Clemson. It's a 3 30 slot. So, those those fans are going to be a little, little buzzed, a little ready to go. Um, yep. And I, I think Clemson's just their defense. North Carolina, we don't know anything about their defense anymore. We thought it was okay at the beginning of the year, and then it fell apart. So yeah. uh, I don't know what to expect. I'm expecting not much, though. I, I think Clemson's really turned it around on offense. Um, not great, 
but has a put better. up numbers. You know, the thing is that they've been they've been moving the ball pretty well all year. Even going back to that Duke game, what happens is they just been making stupid mistakes, like either turning the ball over or making a bad play call or dropping a ball. It's been happening all year long, and they're finally stopping themselves from doing that, and they're actually they're, not giving a ball away, so they're not making the mistakes. You know? Their run game right now is pretty good. Um, Phil Mahaffey. Mahaffey? He came in against Notre Dame, of course, and he um, he was their backup all year till that game, and he the, just kind of took off, man. 80, he, so the last three games, 84 rushing yards, 186 rushing yards, and 96 rushing yards. Yeah. So he, they they – Found someone that could put up, pick up the slack on offense, and yeah, he's a big physical right back. I think Will Shipley was good, but he, you know, he's more of a shifty guy that that gets you a big play here or there, where this guy can wear down a, a defense. And I think that's what he needed for sure. Yeah, but Cade Klubnik still is not great, so no, he's not. They're not going to pass the ball at all. Um, nope. That's that's they it. got to pass it more than Penn State. So this man, maybe not. No, it might be a low scoring game, honestly. I, I might be. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if twenty one is the most. But you know, if you're North Carolina, you want to try to score. Make this a high scoring game. That way, you can get your offense going. But we'll see if that happens. That's also you got to make your offense score against a Clemson defense that has found something. Yeah, they definitely have. The young guys are starting to play better. So, all right. Well, that wraps up this week. Again, it's not a huge matchup week. You know, I think. There's some really good matchups, obviously, next week and then the championship week th- after that, and then we get into bowl season. But this week is that week where an SEC plays a bunch of nobodies, and, you know, they they shouldn't even have these games, honestly. Um, it's just it's just, it's a joke to me. But this is that week that we all hate. Um, it's a kind of a down week for a lot of teams. Um, so there you are. And um, so we'll, we'll hopefully have some good stuff to talk about in the upcoming weeks. Um, as always, make sure you follow along on us uh, on X or Twitter and the Flat Pod and our website in the Flat Podcast.com. Give us some ideas. Give us some if you want to hear hear from us again, we'll write an article or have a mailbag question. Let us know. We can throw something out there for you guys. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>